0: The Team Performance Podcast with Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times. I'm your host, Christian Napier. And today is a very interesting and special day because for the first time, we are trying to do our podcast not only through audio, but also through video. And I am joined, as always, by the man in. Gray. The man in gray, the monogram shirt, S H Spencer Horn, the brains behind this operation. Spencer, how are you?
1: I am great, Christian. I love being with you and I love that you're experimental and, and flexible. This is great for us to do something different and see how it works out. It's what we're teaching people to do, right?
0: That, exactly. That's right. We're we're trying to be adaptable and flexible and trying, to, but I have to say um your office digs are pretty outstanding compared to mine i'm in my humble little my 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 little um converted bedroom here um but you are in a very
1: very nice space yeah well i can choose whatever space i want to be in it's one of the wonderful marvels of technology this is my dream office and it is also a green screen so i can choose to to change that and you know i'm outing myself here this is I have a nice little office, but part of the you know the, the image that I, that I like is is this, this is where I'd like to be.
0: Well, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful space, and it is nice and socially distant. Yes, uh, very nobody else very, very, very nice. <laughs> I, I definitely need to upgrade. I need to get the green screen. I, I might put myself in outer space or something like that, a sci-fi movie though. I, I don't know what I would do. Um, but I like that backdrop very, very much. Um, and I am super excited to talk with you today. To continue our conversation about the various um, what do we call them dominant traits, the high traits um, and to to kind of wrap up that and, and continue on, on on other things, so Spencer, uh, I leave it to you to to guide us uh, <laughs> through our conversation with the for the rest of the high traits
1: you know I think the, the, the reason you know, we've gotten into this is to help people. Originally, our our theme is team performance, winning ways for uncertain times, but there are also winning ways for when times are certain. We want people to have skills and tools to help them succeed now more than ever, because it is absolutely crucial that we are surviving as, as businesses, that we are getting going again. We talked about when we first started this podcast that This will end, you know, we have all kinds of challenges going on right now with, with demonstrations and and people are still uh, dying, which is terribly unfortunate. And also businesses are shuttering and closing down because of they're, they're failing. And so this is something that I am very passionate about. And I know you are as well to help people how do we how do we survive and there's lots of things that we need to be talking about to do that how we take care of our finances and how we conserve capital but yet there are and we're going to talk about some specific examples today of businesses that are wanting to perform at higher levels because efficiency and effectiveness are and productivity are a, a premium right now that we can't afford to not have. We just have to that that's one way to conserve capital is make sure that everybody that we have is producing at the highest level. And that's hard for a lot of businesses right now. Um, so I, I want to start off by asking you a question, Christian. Have you ever had a bad manager? Or do you know a bad manager if, if you if you haven't worked with one?
0: Uh, yes, Spencer, I have definitely had my share of poor managers. And they're poor for a variety of reasons, but definitely I can say that I have been blessed with the opportunity <laughs> to work for some less than stellar individuals. What was that like? Just describe that. What, what did you experience? Well, it depended on the manager. Um, but for me, probably the the, the most challenging were Ah, uh, people that were very dictatorial, that didn't allow us much freedom to do what we thought we needed to do to help the business because we all wanted to succeed or we wanted the businesses to succeed. Um, um, but uh, it was it was a challenging time to to work for people um, who were not very open to ideas. But I would say probably the most challenging work environment for me uh, would be the work environment that is overly political. And, um, right. and when you have a leader, uh, that, that encourages, uh, a political environment that encourages winners and losers, that makes things appear as though they are a, a zero sum game. Yeah. Then you end up in an environment where everybody's at each other's throats. So it's very, very stressful. It's comfort, it's confrontational. Yeah, uh, It's not unified. And for me, that was, um, you know, a, a, a huge, a huge problem. The Team Performance Podcast.
1: Great description of a lot of teams around the world. And, and your experience is experienced by, unfortunately, tens of thousands of great people that are struggling in an environment. Briefly, how did that impact your motivation? Well, it was very demotivating, uh, you know, Uh, and, and
0: not only was it demotivating, but that demotivation would lead to decreased productivity because you were spending more time worrying about how do I please this individual or how do I, how do I navigate this tricky situation? You were spending a lot of time plotting. And not a lot of time really executing on the business vision. So for me, that was, a, that was a bit of a challenge.
1: So this is what we're talking about in terms of productivity and, and efficiency. When engagement goes up, people are willing to go the extra mile. There are lots of theories of, of motivation. And so often we think it's just about money. So you know, do your job. That's what I pay you to do. Huge mistake if you think that as a manager because m- many people, As a matter of fact, research shows that most people aren't motivated just by money. They're motivated by making a difference. If you you need to go any further than looking at the nonprofit world, how hard people work all around the world to make a difference, really not to enrich themselves, but to make the world a better place. Yet so many of us are mistaken in how we, how we motivate those that, that we work with. And we think that, well, you have a job and you need to be grateful. And that, that could be a, a, really a trap right now when unemployment is rising and people are looking for work. It's like, you know what, if you don't do your job, I'll, I'll replace you. That's a, a terrible way to, to engage and motivate people, but to help them and, and value them. And one of the ways to do that is to understand what motivates people and how understanding their behavior really is linked to the things that that motivate them, Christian. And so we are at the core here talking about efficiency and productivity, which is vital to a business. And I love what you said because there's a, there's a client of mine, and, and we'll actually have one of the uh, great people from this company, Cure for the Kids Foundation. Which is a um, which is a foundation that that treats and researches cancer uh, uh, therapies for for children. And when they started years ago, I mean, I, I actually moved to las vegas to to work with the nonprofit that the founder of this Cure for the Kids Foundation hadn't started this yet, but she was part of the board that brought me in to be the executive director of this nonprofit, which I'd never done before working with a nonprofit and one of the uh the things that she wanted to accomplish as the board member a vision that she had was to create this this organization that treated children because at the time in Las Vegas we were the nonprofit that I was in was sending these children to other places in the country because we didn't have those services in in Las Vegas long story short she created this nonprofit and it was you know they had a great mission and people were attracted to this mission to help kids right but there was so much drama because one of her co-founding medical doctors brilliant doctor was creating all kinds of of tension and drama within the organization it was just sucking the soul and the life out of so many that it was destroying the organization The things that I'm talking about right now that I'm sharing with you, and we'll get into details, almost we'll do it at some point, we'll do a case study with this organization. Once they were able to eliminate that drama, they today have been rated in the country, in the United States, one of the top nonprofits to work for, number 23. They're in the Fortune 5000 fastest growing companies, and they are a center of excellence. Their productivity has gone through the work through the roof. Their engagement is so high, never never higher, because they've eliminated the drama. But it's taken very focused effort to increase the awareness of management on how to use some of these tools that that we're talking about. I want to give you the tools to engage people that you work with at a higher level. I want to share with you a couple other examples. Um, I just want you to think about the fact that people when they leave a company voluntarily they don't leave your company they leave you they leave their managers right so you're when i if if i'm dissatisfied it's usually because there's a manager that's so poor that's, that's taking away my motivation, that's not engaging me, that's not you know, just treating me the way I want to be treated. And so there's a culture there that I'm leaving or a manager there that I'm leaving. And so we want to give you the tools to be that person that attracts the best people and keeps them producing it at that higher level. We want them to have greater self-esteem and, and they're going to work harder. So I want to share a couple of, of of stories. This is just this week in in clients that I'm that I'm coaching and, and working with, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share the story of one person I just talked to yesterday. I'm gonna call her uh, Veronica.
0: The Team Performance Podcast.
1: Well, before you get to Veronica
0: Spencer, I just want to say. I'm excited for story time. <laughs> we ought to have a segment of the show just called story time with Spencer. And you, just sit there, you change your backdrop. Um, so it's like a nice little fireplace. You, you're you've got the loafers on, you just crack open a book and uh, you start reading your story. So uh, here we go. Story time with Spencer. I'm su- Super excited. You, you, sh- you want me to change my backdrop? Let's see. Uh, oh, you don't have to worry about it now, but, uh, yeah. I think, you know, we, Oh, Oh my. Yeah. It's a, that, that's magical. So I, <laughs> that, you know, a Disney-esque storybook ending, I don't know. We're talking about uh, the bad experiences, but that, yeah, that we, we are. We,
1: yeah, we, we, we better go back to the, office. okay.
0: Okay. Anyway, I just think Storytime of Spencer is a great, great that's a segment, idea. Let's call that. We're going to call it Storytime of Spencer.
1: So Veronica, is is new with with this company that has been a client of mine for for many years they're a great great company i won't i won't name them now but she has great experience in the work that they do many years of experience she's had her own business she works remotely this is a company that has people all over the world they have teams in india and romania and and all over the place but um a a big team here in the us and, and some in canada So she's had this great experience and and her personality is, she's high dominant and her lowest trait is very low conforming. So if you remember, high dominant wants to be in control. They want to do things, they they want to do things their way. And what's interesting is uh, her personality is the low trait wants to not be controlled. So get your head around that. I want to be in control, and I don't want to be controlled. She's new in a company, she's not in a a place of authority, so she has to come into a company that has processes and systems, and, and she has to abide by those, but she's very, very frustrated. In addition to that, we haven't talked about this in terms of behavioral styles, but she has very, very high fact logic. So even though she has low conformity, which usually means low attention to detail, She's very obsessive about details because of this fact logic style. She just doesn't want to have the style be your way because hers is the best. She's done all the research. She knows all, all things. It's a very difficult style of person to deal with. And she is right now very demotivated and, and frustrated. She's actually using a lot of energy to shift her behavioral traits to reduce her, her dominance to be more supportive because she doesn't want to come into a new organization and just rock the boat and say, hey, your system suck. You need to, you need to do it differently. And she obsesses over accuracy. And so she, she does her research, but she, she wants to be able to influence her team to do things better and differently. That's leadership. Yet right now, she feels stifled. And her motivation is is low. And so I'm working with her managers to help keep her engaged and, and be able to help her to communicate in a way that can be heard and also potentially change some systems and processes if that's possible to be more efficient and effective. But right now she's experiencing significant stress and energy drain. And, you know, so this talk- is a story that doesn't have an ending yet, right? It doesn't have an ending yet. It's ongoing. We just talk- I just talked to her yesterday. But this is a story that I talk about all the time. So think about when we had Jackie Edmiston on here talking about, you know, she was talking about burnout and, and frustration at, you know, the executive level. But these are, this is happening at the frontline level everywhere across the world right now because people are burned out, they're stressed out, and that's reducing productivity. I just talked to a gentleman today in Washington, D.C., that wants me to come in and and work with people in the air force because he's working with her and his wife is, she's, I've known this guy for many, many years. And his wife is, is a manager at another company. And we were just talking about families. How are your family? How's your family? And she's like, you know what? My wife is totally stressed out because her team has totally reduced their productivity right now. And so she's having to, to pick up the slack and pick up that, that you know the, the productivity loss, which is adding to her stress and her frustration. And all across the world, this is happening. And so you're going you're gonna to see burnout. So this is another reason why learning how to manage your team and engage them at a higher level is so, so important. But back to Veronica, she's adapting to her environment. She's worried that as a new employee, she won't be heard and doesn't want to be a troublemaker so managing her effectively will add to loyalty and productivity not doing it well will mean that she is going to be frustrated she's not going to be producing but worse she is going to be influencing the other people in the office by her dissatisfaction because our attitudes are always catching whether they're positive or negative Psych- you know psychologists say that through our emotions and attitudes, we influence up to three degrees of people. So if I, if I influence you negatively, Christian, you then go talk to your wife who then influences her kids who then go to their friends. Right. And so it goes on and on. So thousands of people are impacted just by how we're showing up. And so we're constantly affecting each other for, for good or bad.
0: The team performance podcast. Not to put too fine a point on it, but, uh, what do we do? <laughs> um, because it's almost inevitable that uh, when you're working with other people that you're gonna get in a situation where at some point in time, you're gonna have a conflict or you're gonna have a clash of styles. So h- how do we find a happy ending for Veronica and for all, of, all the rest of us out there who are trying to, to find um, some, some, some satisfaction? some fulfillment in the yeah. work that we're doing and contribute.
1: Well, I didn't, I didn't even get to tell you about another person I was coaching. who was going to call her Samantha, who is, I, I've been, I've known this person for now a couple of years. All right. Tell us about Samantha. Well, I, we're, we're, I don't want to run out of time. We know we can come back to that, but she has some similar traits to to you and she cares about her work. She wants to do a great job, but she's recently promoted. And she's experiencing huge, demotivation right now because of how the CEO of her company is treating her. She's a top executive. You know, so many people are nervous when they get into a new role that they make a difference, that they make an impact, that they're in the right seat. And so often we put people in a role and say, okay, you know, go figure it out. Luckily, I'm having the opportunity to work with and, and coach this individual. But, she is getting to a point where you know it's almost like I, I I'm ready to give up. And she hasn't even been in that role that long. That's how impactful leadership has. So where do we go from there? I'm not gonna get into that. I'm just giving you examples that I, I I've been doing this for, for decades. Almost 30 years in, in corporate America, and I can share you with you over and over again my clients that are from around the world that are experiencing this. There is a a story there's a there's a great book that I would refer you to, and then we'll we'll get get back to the behavioral types and the book is called "How Will You Measure Your Life" by Clayton Christensen, who just passed away a couple of months ago, as you may know from cancer, but uh, he has left such an incredible legacy and great individual Harvard business school professor and has had many businesses. Just a a great example and great leader. If you haven't read that book, at some point, I'd like to really talk about that. But in his experience, he talks about, he started a company with another MIT, well, he was at Harvard with another MIT uh, professor, and they they started this technology company. And they were having a company party. And at that party, they were, he just, he he took himself out of the midst of all the people. He just went on the periphery because he just wanted to, See people They'd brought their children and their you know, husbands and wives. They, he wanted to be able to just take it all in and see a dimension of his employees that he hadn't seen before. And he noticed one of his chief scientists who was very critical to the, to the business. She did a lot of research, and people depended on her to give them you know, their reports. And she saw her interacting with her husband and her children, and he just envisioned her having frustration because a lot of the other doctors would come to her and say, I need my report. You know, What they asked for was the most important in that day. And they, as a startup, they didn't have all the resources they had. So she had to prioritize things and it was frustrating for her because she only has 10 hours in a day. And, and so all these frustra- frustrations and time constraints and, and resource constraints would pile up on her. And he imagined her going home frustrated and and not satisfied, or not feeling good about herself, or not having self-esteem, and what the impact of that would have on her husband and on her children. So as a manager, first of all, you get to think about your people in a broader sense than just who they are in the office. I think that's very, very important. And then he reimagined her having an amazing experience, working with people, and solving problems. and feeling good about herself and esteem that was high and an appreciation that she felt and and the ability to be creative and trusted right you talked about that and being able to solve problems and, and help her teammates because that's who she was she cared she wanted to help she wanted to provide solutions and going home at the end of a, a long day having felt valued and supported and understood what a different experience that she would have at the end of that day Going home to her husband and children, and how she would treat them, and how much more excited she would be the next day to go back at it again. And his conclusion is, and I agree with him hundred percent, that if you want to change the world, he used to think that you know helping people meant you needed to go be a sociologist or you know, something like that to work with people. He says, if you want to change the world and and make the world a better place, be a manager. He said, it is one of the most noble professions because every day we get to influence people for eight, 10, or more hours out of every day for either positive or negative. And what we're talking about here is understanding people, how to communicate with them, how they communicate and why. And based on that, what are their motivations?
0: The team performance podcast
1: yeah, I like that a lot um,
0: because oftentimes as managers we feel an incredible burden uh, but I think what you're t- what you're telling us here Spencer is that it's also a great blessing um, it's a great blessing to be able to be in a position where you can help people yeah and and if you look at it as a as an opportunity to an opportunity to serve rather than as a, a burden to be born, um, you know, then, then you can look forward to going to the office every day, to working with your uh, subordinates or, or working with your peers or working with uh, your, your partners, your clients, your stakeholders, it's actually a, a wonderful blessing. To to have that opportunity to interact with them and, and have some kind of positive impact.
1: And that's what we're talking about, because if you're excited to go to work, you're going to work harder to, to solve the problems. But what happens is, is I, I talk with these with these managers and leaders, and I and I use those those terms together. I mean, you can be a, a leader and be a poor manager, right? You can be a, a good manager but a poor leader. But I I, mean, I use those interchangeably. They are they are different. A manager can be a leader, and a, a leader can can be a manager. Or they, a manager cannot be a good leader. But think about what happens when you go to work and and you're frustrated because of all the tension, and maybe people aren't responding to you, or or you feel like they're not supporting you, and you don't understand why you don't get along with one individual, why they're not, you know, why they're not responding to your requests. The, the work we're talking about here was central to helping that Cure for the Kids Foundation completely shift their culture, improve the skills of, of these managers to become leaders within their, within their de- departments, within their divisions, within the whole organization. And now, it's, it, it, the, at the time, the CEO was ready to, to just quit and, and turn the organization over to someone else and leave and retire. Now she's invigorated. She's excited every day to go into work as you were talking about, because it is a blessing and she's understanding where the lack of engagement comes from. If it shows up, she's understanding how conflict is happening and why, and better yet, she has the tools to change it.
0: All right. Well, Spencer, um, this has been a fascinating conversation and now I wanna go in and help other people. And I think that uh, coming back to to, uh, your your stories of Veronica and Samantha, um, it becomes incumbent upon us if we are in positions of leadership to foster a culture that encourages people to feel like coming to the office and interacting with their peers, their clients is a blessing instead of a burden and if you are in an organization where you're not at the top and your influence uh on the corporate culture is limited then it's important to find a place that that aligns with those aligns with those values you know i i i, I uh i remember the old adage that you always hear you know when when considering moving from one position to another or one employer to another one opportunity to another are, are you running from the opportunity or are, are you running from your current uh, state or are you running to a, uh, a future, uh, state? And you sh- generally speaking are going to be happier if you're running to than, than running from, um, uh, yeah. uh, but sometimes, um, you know, depending on the position you're in, you may not be able to affect, uh, uh, an outcome and you do need to, to make a change. So I don't begrudge anyone for making a change, uh, but um, but hopefully the messages that you've shared with us today, Spencer, will help us to, to create uh, a more productive and content and satisfying environment for our team members.
1: Well, thank you. You know, if someone wants to learn how they're showing up and how you're impacting your environment. Go go to my website. Go to altiumleadership.com. On the front page, there's actually a link that you can click and, and request a a survey. And, and what we'll do it takes five to ten minutes. And people are like you can get all this information, like eighteen pages of of data on me, in, in five to ten minutes. The answer is yes. And take that, and we'll go through it together, and we'll talk about how you're most likely impacting your culture or your team because every team is a reflection. The culture of every team is a reflection of the style, communication style, leadership style of the person who's leading that team. So you get to be very intentional about that because again, remember management is one of the greatest callings, if you will, that that exists because of the impact that you have on people. So start with yourself, understand how you're impacting your team that is a leadership principle, it's not about your intentions, it's about your impact. When you're aware of that, then you can start shifting in intentional ways to improve that culture, to improve that engagement, to, pro- to improve that productivity. And then you can start to understand your team members, That's that would be a next level, and really get clear about their motivators. Now I'm not talking about doing everything for your team that, that they want. You know, culture is not about ping pong tables and free lunches all the time. It is truly about how we hear and how we communicate and how we motivate and how we engage. So it takes some work on your part. And, it, and that work never ends because there's always people coming and going within our organizations. But the organizations that are getting this right have a lot more people coming and a lot less going.
0: Well, Spencer, uh, this has been a fascinating conversation and I really appreciate you taking time to, to give us just a, a snapshot there. You mentioned your website, Altium Leadership. Uh, and I guess that's perhaps the best way for people to contact you. Are there other ways that people can reach out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you can uh, go to, you can email me, spencer at altium, A-L-T-I-U-M, leadership.com. Shoot, just give me a call, 702-807-4698. Call me. Happy to, happy to talk to you if I'm available. The best, though, to, to, to email me so that we can actually schedule a time because my calendar, like yours, is pretty full. And grateful for that today.
0: Likewise, Spencer. Um, it's been a lot of fun. If people want to get in touch with me, they can do that at my website, gp4.com. That's gpfour.com. Or you can email me at cnapiergp 4com
1: Can I just, uh, let me interrupt you for a second. So today I've done a lot of talking and one of the things that, that Christian, I so admire about you is everybody that I know that knows you knows the value you bring to an organization and the brilliance that you have. And you're always so kind in, in talking, you know, and communicating with me, but I know the value that, that you bring to the organizations you work with, the skill sets are, are unbelievable. So, I want you to say that email again because I want people to be able to to know how to get a hold of you. Well, thank you,
0: Spencer. That's a very kind comment. Uh, The email address is cnapier at gp4, gpfou And yes, I'm very happy to speak with anyone who wants to learn more about these concepts or other things that, that, uh, you know, other questions that you might have, and we're certainly uh, happy to help anybody that's out there. So thank you so much. Please, uh, listeners and I guess viewers now that we have a video component, please like and subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you again and listen to you again once more next week.